Again, if we haven't met, I'm Pastor Peter Haas, and we are here just having fun today. Can we have fun in church? Is that okay? You know, it's Tailgate Sunday, which is not like a sacred tradition. It's we made it up, okay? So just in case you're like, is this a part of like Easter or is like, no, no, it's just, you know, football. Really? We just wanted another excuse to party. Come on, somebody. Now, actually, it is our 19th anniversary of planting substance, okay? This weekend, 19 years ago. Carolyn and I, we moved to the Twin Cities. We only knew about six people in the cities, and we just... Actually, the reason why we planted a church here is because uh, we, we actually saw the trends. Uh, this was quickly becoming one of the most unchurched uh, cities in the country. And so we saw those stats. We thought, let's just get up there and, and have some fun and, and kind of show people, hey, maybe, maybe uh, we can just approach it a little different, and people can have an encounter with the Lord. And I... I uh, you know, even more than that, this weekend is also my spiritual birthday. Uh, those of you who have uh, come to Substance a while, you know I, I gave my life to Christ in a nightclub of all places. And of course, it was, it was literally this very weekend, I, I was in a nightclub working and uh, I was so desperate, just at a moment of despair. And I'm like, God, if you exist, then you should be powerful enough to show me what religion is the right religion. Just give me a sign. Just make it clear. And then 30 seconds after I prayed that prayer, a guy came up to me and said, dude, I know this is strange, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you Jesus has a plan for your life and he wants you to follow him. And so freaked me out that God could answer my prayer in a nightclub 30 seconds after I prayed it that it kind of made me have to figure this whole thing out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I mean, after God answered a prayer that strangely, immediately in a nightclub after I prayed it, I thought, I got to work out this whole prayer thing. I mean, God clearly does something in regards to prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. He doesn't answer every prayer I pray like that, right? There's some prayers where God's like, yeah, no, not that one. But I, I just... And there's actually reasons for that, okay, in the Bible. I, but I remember like when I first started going to church, um, prayer, I went to a prayer meeting and it was so boring. I, I just like, people would just like sit in circles and hold hands and it was just like total and complete torture. And you have to understand, maybe it's just because I have ADHD and it's like, I, I need to like pace, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I can't pace, I can't pray, you know? And I, I, but as a young Christian, I thought, you know what, is boredom essential to biblical prayer? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Do we have to hold hands? And there's always that guy with the really, really sweaty palms and... And then, and then there's the person who like holds your hand way up high. It feels like you're li weightlifting, and then your arm is like trembling by the end. It's like, you know, like, and by this point, you're like, wow, Peter, you really overthink things. I know. Tell me about it. That's what my wife says. But I, I think it's actually kind of appropriate to talk about prayer on a sports-themed Sunday because let's be honest, most people, football is the first time ever anybody prayed. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. A lot of people, they didn't pray their entire lives until their team was down by a touchdown with two seconds to go. And all of a sudden, everybody gets spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that work, right? And I, I just, you know, I mean, come on. The very fact that a desperate football pass is called a Hail Mary is proof. <laughs> that this confirms it, okay? Some, and let's be honest, some teams need more prayer than others, okay? Be honest, this is church. 
But I, for real though, I always wondered if like one team had 30 people praying for it and the other team had none, you know, God would be like, well, why not? Let's give it to the 30. You know what I'm saying? I, I've, I've, I've thought this through, right? I, I just, but what if, what if both teams, I remember one time I was praying for my favorite team, and, and, and then I thought to myself, well, what if the other team has an equal number of people praying, right? Like, what's, what's the tiebreaker? And then I thought, well, maybe it comes down to how many Christians are on the team, right? You know, like if Kirk Cousins is a passionate believer and you know he'll give glory to God right but then Aaron Rodgers he's complicated you know what I'm saying like (laughs) he's thrown a lot of Hail Marys but has he prayed them you know what I'm saying not that you have to pray that one but I I just you know I I, so so then you know uh, for real though all all jokes aside I I you know I, I do believe that God wants to give us supernatural favor in response to prayer I do believe that Christianity was never meant to be a religion it was meant to be an invasion of spiritual power. I really do believe that God wants to show up in undeniable supernatural ways, but I also believe that God purposefully does not do that all the time because He wants us to learn this process of flexing our faith muscle. And I, I just, you know, when you read the book of Acts, which covers the first 30 years after Christ ascended into heaven, Um, you'll quickly discover that prayer was not merely a life vest, something that you put on and try every now and again. It was meant to be a lifestyle, not a life vest, but a lifestyle. There's hardly a chapter in the book of Acts where you don't see a miracle story in response to prayer, okay? I mean, literally every chapter, okay? In Acts 1.14, the disciples all joined together constantly in prayer. How often did they pray? constantly the very next chapter the people devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer four things okay they devoted themselves to these things but one of the things they devoted themselves to is what prayer okay so now if somebody said that you were devoted to something what would that mean it means you spend a lot of time doing it right okay if if somebody looked at our schedules at the end of the week what would they say we are devoted to for me, it would be Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you are devoted to that video game or devoted to, what, what would it say? What would your schedule say you are devoted to, okay? Would, would we be able to say that we are devoted to prayer? Well, uh, let's talk about it, okay? Acts chapter four. They, the church, raised their voices together in prayer. And the Bible says the place where they were praying was shaken. And then Acts chapter 6, the the apostles delegated things so they could give their attention to prayer, the Bible says. And then, I mean, we could could almost hit every chapter in the book of Acts with a prayer story. Ananias was praying, and the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for, for, why? For he is praying. Why go to this specific street address? Because he is praying. Now, first off, the very fact that God gave him a street address should tell us that is what God does in prayer. Okay? Literally, God wants to give you instructions about your life that are that specific. Think about it. I don't think, there's actually a lot of people who, who believe in prayer, but they've never experienced this kind of prayer. Okay, listen. It's in the Bible for a reason. It's supposed to be a part of Christianity. God wants to give you instructions that are that detailed, that are like 
all the way down to phone numbers and street addresses. If you're wondering if God wants to speak to you like that, the answer is yes. Now the question is, well, why is he not? Well, there are reasons for that, and that's what we're talking about. But in this verse, notice, he says, go and look for this guy Saul. Why? Because Saul is praying. In other words, God wants to give us favor. He wanted to give Saul, even though Saul did you know that Saul was a murderer of Christians in this context? So if, if God has compassion on Saul, a murderer of Christians who is praying, guess what? Some of you are like, yeah, but you, you don't know what I've done. You don't know who I am. Listen, God is very compassionate, and this verse shows that right here. If God will respond to Saul's prayer, he'll respond to your prayer, okay? The, very, the same chapter, Peter sent them all out of the room, then he got down on his knees and prayed. In the, in the context, it was about a young girl who, who died, right? And so he, all, he got all the weeping people out of the room, and he, what did he do? He got down on his knees in prayer, and guess what happened? The very next verse, the girl rose from the dead, okay? I mean, think about it. And, and then literally it just continues Acts chapter 10 Peter went up on the roof to pray and what happened he got a revelation that the whole that the gospel was for the entire Gentile world not merely Jews okay you and I are in the room because of that little prayer meeting right there okay and then you just fast forward another chapter Peter was put in prison but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And of course, an angel came out of nowhere, unlocked the chains, set him free. Okay, so I mean, just there's hardly a chapter in the book of Acts where God's people weren't praying and weren't experiencing miracles. And I say this because I believe this is meant to be normative Christianity. I believe that God wants to reveal himself just like he did to me in that nightclub, just like he did to the apostles. He wants to reveal himself to you. Prayer was not meant to be a life vest. It was meant to be a lifestyle. And if you actually knew what God wants to do, it would not even be hard. You wouldn't even have to motivate yourself. You wouldn't have to like whip yourself like, oh my gosh, I feel so terrible because I didn't pray today. Listen, feeling guilty about prayer is about the silliest thing on earth, okay? Really, you should ask yourself, why would I even feel guilty or even not want to pray? It's because you don't get it. It's because you don't understand who God is. In fact, actually, the reason why prayer is so critical to Christianity is because ultimately, it's kind of the ultimate litmus test of whether we actually have faith or not. I mean, think about it. I mean, a lot of times it's easy for people to get stuck and reduce Christianity to dead religion, and our faith is merely a theoretical thing, right? We give mental assent to the idea of, of God, but we don't simultaneously believe he rewards us. That's why it actually says in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists but that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I believe most people, they do the first thing. We believe that he exists. I mean, this whole crazy universe could not have spontaneously arrived out of nothing and organized itself into a higher order against all odds. I mean, we all kind of know, you know, philosophically that, the, you know, God must exist in some form. There has to be some form of higher power. That's not the problem. I think it's the next step, that he rewards those who what? earnestly seek him. I think a lot of us, I don't know if he rewards us. Because, you know, I think all of us have that one moment in our lives where we sought him for three minutes, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, or we thought, you know, we sought him even longer and it didn't, it didn't work out the way we wanted, okay? 
I think a lot of us, we don't actually believe that second part of that statement, and, and as a result, we struggle about this. And listen, that's fair, okay? There, there are moments where I have earnestly sought the Lord, and I didn't see the answer that I wanted, but at the end of the day, if I could look back, he didn't maybe answer my prayer the way I wanted it, but it actually, the way what he was answering was even better because I was praying a really dumb prayer. Come on. I've prayed all sorts of really terrible prayers. I remember, you know, the Lord... I remember the first time I actually prayed, this is kind of funny, it was to actually date this one girl in high school, <laughs> now that I think about it. And the Lord actually answered that prayer, and it was a disaster. You know what I'm saying? The Lord is up, up in heaven like, yeah, you don't want to pray that prayer. You don't want to date that girl. And it wasn't my wife, okay? Just, I'm just <laughs> letting you know. Uh, um, just wanted to clarify that real quick, because you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I'm... I think the Lord, I think a lot of our prayers, God's up in heaven saying, I could answer that one, but if you really knew what was good for you, you'd let, you'd give me a little creative license. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I think the Lord was doing that when it came to our buildings. I, I remember, you know, Substance has four campuses, and uh, many of you who have been at Substance a while, you know that our, our first two buildings were really difficult uh, to, to acquire our, back in, uh, I remember back when we were portable in four locations in, in, in 2013, I was depressed on how everything was going. And of course, you know, have you ever gone through a season where you were sad enough where your kids could see it? And uh, I knew my kids, which is really depressed. That's even double depressing. You know, like when your, you know, 10-year-old daughter is trying to encourage you, Daddy, I know you're sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like, really? Like, I, I, it doesn't show that much, right? But that was kind of the season we were in. And, um, and I'll never forget, in the midst of all that discouragement, my, my 10-year-old daughter decided to pray. She knew I was sad, and she said, well, God, my dad's sad, so would you reveal yourself to me, and would you, would you just tell me when is substance going to get a building? And she just closed her eyes. And uh, immediately she saw a meter in her head and it fell on Thursday. And immediately God said, by this time next Thursday, your dad's going to find a building with a balcony that you're going to get. And it was that simple. And she came running up to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, the Lord spoke to me that by this, he wants you to be encouraged. By this time next Thursday, you're going to find a building with a balcony. And so be encouraged, Daddy. And I was like, that is so specific. That is oddly specific, right? And, and I thought, how in the world am I, like, it, it just, it was, it was almost too specific. And of course, you know, when it's coming from your 10-year-old daughter, you're like, ah, it's probably just her overactive imagination. And, and, you know, I've got no real estate meetings planned. And, you know, but sure enough, you know, I mean, literally the, a couple days later, um, uh, it was Tuesday, nothing was happening. I was kind of freaking out thinking, oh no, is this that moment as a dad when I have to sit down with my daughter and say, well, we don't always hear from the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I thought, you know, and some of you are like, I can't believe you're a pastor. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't have any faith at all, do you? No, I'm, I'm kind of naturally skeptical. I'm just going to be honest with you, right? But I, I was like, I was worried it wasn't going to happen, like my daughter said, right? Because, you know, all of a sudden it's going to mess with her faith, right? And I, and then, but sure enough, Tuesday morning, I get a phone call uh, and like, Pastor, I totally forgot to tell you about a real estate meeting. Can you meet us in downtown Minneapolis? And I'm like, okay, sure. Does it have a balcony, right? It was kind of that thing. <laughs> and, uh, 
And then, of course, my daughter overheard me talking on the phone about a building. And she goes, Daddy, you're going to go see a building today, aren't you? She goes, remember, by Thursday, the Lord's going to give us a building. He's, and it has a balcony. And oh, I forgot to tell you, Dad. The Lord said, the Lord actually told me, your daddy will know this building is the one when he looks up and he says, wow. So remember that, Daddy. And I thought, that's the weirdest clue. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, most buildings, you don't look up and you don't say, wow. But of course, you know, two hours later, I'm in downtown Minneapolis, Historic Wesley, we got a whole lot of people that they don't even have to look at this dumb picture, they just have to look up, you know what I'm saying? And how cool is that? I, I literally, I was like, wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just said, wow. I just said, wow. And I'm freaking out and I'm taking pictures of this building. And uh, I, I'm, again, it, it was covered in red carpeting. And of course, by the time I got home from work, my daughter came running up to me. She drew a picture of the building God showed her when she prayed and of course you know it was identical to the picture that I took four hours earlier and uh, of course we replaced the red ugly red carpeting thank God but I I you know but for real it was covered in red and I thought what are the odds that my daughter could get the exact balcony shape I mean just like when I was 10 I couldn't draw anything you know what I'm saying like I I just in my mind it was like it was supernatural I it, it caused me to kind of freak out and say hey maybe God Maybe God does speak to my daughter. Maybe God does want to speak to us. Maybe the same miracle that he did in the nightclub he's doing again. He's just, again, he wants us to diligently seek him. And I, I, I you know, I... So, of course, you know, I called up my board, uh, the board of directors here who makes all the big decisions about finances. And, and sure enough, the soonest we could get together was, guess what? That Thursday, and we made the decision that Thursday to pursue the Lord. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I think about that. Of course, I, what a lot of people don't know is we tried to, we, we decided to go for the building. Uh, we tried to buy it three different times and it kept falling through. So then it was like this weird thing of like, God, why would you give my daughter this crazy vision that was so accurate in the very day. I mean, this prophetic miracle. Why did all that happen? And yet we're having a hard time buying it. You know what I'm saying? It was like another thing. What was God doing in all of that? He was saying, Peter, come on, flex your faith muscle. You know what I'm saying? Every now and again, flex your faith muscle. And the Lord, and, and I made it my I made a decision, okay, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. And of course, the building fell through multiple times, and, and um, all of a sudden, you know, our, 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 of course, our, our University of Northwestern campus was growing like crazy. We needed, a, we needed some sort of northern campus, and, and of course, our, our Spring Lake Park building uh, came on the market, the building that I'm preaching from right now, and of course, here was the dilemma. At that time, we had not yet acquired the downtown building because they wouldn't sell to us at the time because the, the realtor didn't really want us to get it. They wanted a hotel to get it. And uh, I, you know, I, so in the natural, I thought if I pull the trigger on this building, then the downtown building is gone in my mind, right? Because we can't afford two buildings and yet I can't just slow the growth of everything just while we wait it out. So what do we do? You know, like how do I, how do I weigh out these two opportunities, these two good ideas? What's the God idea? Well, I mean, what's the open door right now? And so, uh, you know, at that time, I remember it was like, it was like, God, why is our downtown building not happening? Why? And then if I pull the trigger on this Northtown building, I have to kind of say goodbye to the, this dream, this vision, this miracle. It's like, 
why? Why do I have to do that? And I remember like I, I was at a, a, my mentor's church. Uh, I've got a mentor pastor who is just helping me out. And I remember standing in his modern auditorium thinking, man, I would love to have a modern auditorium where we could like record albums and do things like that. But then, man, I would love to have just that historic facility with a glass dome. I mean, how cool would that be to have a work of art like this? And of course, in this moment of tension, I was just like, God, what do I do? Like, wh which, which building do we go for? If I choose one, the other one is gone. And, and why does it have to be an either or? It was kind of one of those moments where I was like, God, I don't want to choose. I don't want to choose. I, why does it have to be either or? Why can't it be both and? You know what I mean? Like, Lord, you know we could use both. It was kind of one of those moments. And, and all of a sudden, my mentor pastor came up to me. And he goes, Peter, I just keep getting this sense from God. Every time I pray for you, the Lord just wants me to say to you, how big is your faith? How far will you allow me to take your faith? You can have as much as you want, the Lord says. You can have as much as you want. What do you want? Say it. What do you want? Say it. And of course, in that moment, Carolyn and I were like, we, we were both praying the same prayer. We were like, we want downtown and north town. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want both. We want both. And we don't want to have to choose. We want, we want to, we, God, we want you to do the impossible. And of course, those of you who know the full story, sure enough, we did. We got both the same year, right? I mean, here we go. This was our mailer that year, 925, 2016, right? It was like basically, it was this next weekend in 2016. We did the grand opening of both of our North Town and our downtown buildings. What a, it was, really was a miracle. Here's my, here's my point, though, guys. God brought me through a season where he wanted to teach me something called persevering prayer. It's, pr it's miracles that happen in response to ongoing seeking. I think a lot of us, we like instantaneous prayer, but we don't like persevering prayer. Why? Because persevering prayer actually requires true, diligent seeking. And that requires flexing that faith muscle. And it's kind of hard. But the good news is this, is that even in the midst of those persevering seasons, you, you have to understand me, loved ones, he hears you. Some of you, you're like, I don't know if he hears that prayer for a spouse. Trust me, all of your friends and family know he hears you. Because we hear you, you know what I'm saying? I, like, again, you're tr God hears that prayer for your finances. He hears that prayer for your physical body. And if you're wondering if he hears, he does hear. In fact, not only does he hear your prayers, he hears your whining too. Did you know that? Okay, get this. <laughs> this is kind of, a, this is kind of the, uh, an inverse message on prayer. It's, a, it's God hears your whining too. Watch, let me prove it, okay? Exodus 2.24, God heard the Israelites groaning. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. He hears, right? Okay. And then skip ahead a couple chapters. Exodus 6.5. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. God heard. Then skip ahead again. Exodus 16.7. Moses said, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has what? Heard. You're grumbling against him. He hears. Okay, so that, that's why. I, and then once again, a couple of verses later, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Okay, that's why I oftentimes tell people, don't be afraid that God isn't listening. R rather, be afraid he's listening all the time. <laughs> okay, 
Yes, listen, the, the good news is God is slow to anger, the Bible says, multiple, multiple times, okay? And, but the Bible still does teach in Numbers 11 that he does take it personal, though, when we do grumble. Because when we think he's not listening, because why? Because it's fundamental to our relationship. You see, at some point we have to say, okay, God, I don't know why I'm not seeing what I want, but I trust you that you are listening and you are doing something better. The only times he doesn't respond to our prayers is when he's delivering something better. And some of you, you need to just sit back and chill and say, God, I don't know what could be possibly better than what I'm praying, but listen, at some point, you're going to have to flex that faith muscle. God was saying, you know what? I'm not giving you that building because I want to give you a both-end year. I want to show you even more how big my power is. I want to give you more than what you could ask for. And that's what the Bible says. God does, Ephesians 3.20. And so it begs the question, well, then, okay, how, how do we pray? Well, kind of like beginner's prayer. Let me just, let me, it's one of the simplest things that you could do when you're learning how to pray, okay? And how do you know if you're learning how to pray? Well, do you do it, and do you do it regularly, okay? So I always say, just start praying like two minutes a day. That's it, two minutes a day. Everybody can do two minutes a day. And I say, do two minutes a day for two months, and then you'll establish the habit of prayer. And what do you pray in those two minutes? Well, start by simply praying the Lord's Prayer, right? The Our Father out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just, just internalize that prayer. Really what it is, is it's kind of like a prayer roadmap. It's really just kind of a bullet point list on how you can pray. But, but, but here's even simpler, okay? A simpler way to pray is I, I teach a little acronym called TALK. Just simply talk to God, okay? And, and it's a simple little acronym of four little steps you can do when you're praying. And you can do these in two minutes. You can do this. And, and then once you get used to two minutes, then extend it to five and then extend it to ten believe it or not as a college student when I was going to the U of M I, I kept ramping it up every time I would add a couple minutes I, I got to the point where I was doing an hour and 15 minutes a day and and I, I genuinely believe that this church was birthed in those prayer moments that I had on you know the river flats at the University of Minnesota. I, I really do believe that God responded to those prayers, but what was I doing in those prayers? Well, I was just talking to God. I was T, thank, thank him for what he's done. Just start with thanksgiving. It's a form of worship. God, I thank you that I've got breath. I thank you. There's a million things that we can be grateful for even when life is tough. And I, I just, I wanna encourage you to meditate on those things. Yeah, you might be irritated with your spouse, but thank God for your spouse. There's a lot of, meditate on the good over the bad. You might be irritated with your boss, with your job, but guess what? The very fact that you live in the United States puts you in the top 6% of the world's wealthiest people, okay? Thank him for that. You know what I'm saying? Thank him for just what he's already done. A, ask him for provision, okay? So just in light, after you thanked him for stuff, God, you see what's going on in my life. And I'm just asking you for healing in my body. I'm asking you for, you know, kids that don't roll their eyes every time I ask them to unload the dishwasher. Whatever it is you're praying for, you, you just ask him, okay? And then here's, here's my favorite part is stop and listen to his spirit. Okay, let him speak to you. Let him, let him just impress things on your conscience. And what does the voice of God feel like? Just think of it like a gentle nudge. 
do this or do that. If God brings people to mind, a lot of times he'll speak to me by giving me scriptures to, to, to meditate on. Or I, I, again, just let God speak to you about different things. Like, let me give you an example, okay? Um, whenever I pray for someone, I, I, just, I, I, I just stop and I listen to God for them. And God will all of a sudden be like, Peter, just share James 4-7 with them. You know, it sounds really simple, but it's like God will give me a little nudge or pray this verse over that person. Or Peter, it's time you call your mother. You know what I'm saying? Like simple little nudges, okay? Just a little nudge. Like, let me give you an example. I, I, uh, years ago, I got asked to speak at a pastor's conference in the Middle East. I did a lot with uh, churches in the Middle East, and I was speaking at a pastor's conference uh, right on the Mediterranean um, and, uh, of course, my background is all of music and film, right? So I, I, I uh, used to be an electronic dance music producer, and then I did a lot of film stuff on the side, even as a pastor. And, um, and so while I was there, I thought it would be fun to do a documentary film on the persecuted churches that we served there. There were a lot of people who had been put in prison for their faith there, and so I thought it'd be fun just to, to kind of do a little interview, tell some of their stories, but halfway through the trip, um, I ended up losing a very uh, expensive and critical piece of my camera equipment, and if you've ever done a lot of this kind of stuff, it can be very expensive, right? And of course, it was one of those like, no, I cannot lose that, and of course, it was early on in the church when we had like zero money too, right? So like, on top of that, I'm thinking, ah, I cannot lose that piece of equipment, that camera gear, and so I'm kind of freaking out, and every day I'm at this conference, I, I can't film because I'm missing that piece of equipment, and so I'm just like, at, like looking everywhere, checking every pocket of every bag like 30 times, you know what I'm saying? And finally, I'm like, I got to that moment of desperation, I cannot find it, and I, it's several days in a row, and it, what am I supposed to do? And of course, then, you know, finally I'm like, Peter, pray. Have you prayed yet? You know what I'm saying? My wife is usually the first one to remind me, and it's so irritating. <laughs> but it's helpful, okay? Let's be honest. It's still helpful, right? So she's like, Peter, did you pray? And I'm like, no, I didn't pray, okay? So uh, I, I immediately st I, I started thinking about, like, James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And so I'm like, God... You know where I lost that piece of camera gear. I pray that you would just supernaturally reveal it to me. And I just stopped and I listened, okay? And I, I just closed my eyes and all of a sudden, I had this like daydream image of a rooftop right on the Mediterranean. This one particular, all the roofs are Middle Eastern flat roofs. And all of a sudden, I had this image of it sitting on the rooftop, and I thought that was the weirdest thing. And I, I remember kind of like snapping out of this daydream, and I thought, there's no way that was the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, this is my overactive imagination. And then, and then the next question was, well, are you going to walk over there and see if it was the Lord? And I thought, ah, that would be weird. There's no way. And I'm like, well, I just prayed, so why not, right? Okay. So the entire, I started walking. It was like a six-minute walk to this building. And I kept thinking, I wasn't even there. Like the entire time, I'm walking to this building. I'm reasoning it out. I'm thinking, logically, this is dumb. This is stupid. Why am I walking? That was not the Lord. This is my overactive imagination. I literally had to crawl a ladder in order to get on the top of this building. And I remember thinking, why would this piece of camera gear be up there? And sure enough, I got to the top of the ladder, looked over the top of the building, and boom, there it was. 
Okay, I kind of freaked out. Like, it was like goosebump moment. And it was almost like the Lord was like, see, Peter, I've been wanting to share these types of things with you all the time. You're just so slow to pray. You're so slow to trust. You're so slow to flex that faith muscle. And, and then I started thinking about it. Well, what would be the worst that could happen? I go for a walk. I got some exercise. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, guess what? You might go on a few wild goose chases, but I'm telling you, I guarantee you over the years, you're going to have a whole lot of miracle stories where God supernaturally revealed himself to you. And that's what I want for you, okay? And I, I just, I, I want you to experience God like that. Prayer is a two-way thing, okay? There's going to be talking to God, but then there's going to be listening. And when you listen, don't just think about your needs. Think about God's needs. God, who do you want to help today? Who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to be generous to today? Who do you want me to forgive today? Again, think about it from God's perspective. And, and let me tell you, every sacrifice I've ever made for God in those moments, do not be afraid to get extra homework from God because every time I get extra homework from God and, and obey Him, let me tell you, He multiplies joy back into my life a hundredfold. And so don't be afraid to obey God. And, and listen, don't be afraid to pray imperfect prayers. You may not have like a very, I remember when I first became a Christian, I heard somebody pray really flowery prayers and I couldn't, I didn't know how to pray. I was like really awkward. God, uh, can you uh, do uh, this? Thank you. You know, that was like my prayer life, okay? That was just, I prayed like that. I didn't sound good. I, don't worry about sounding good. Just don't worry about praying good. Just just get it out. Start talking to God. And I think kind of as one last illustration of this, as I wrap up, I, 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 love, I love the book Heaven is for Real by Todd Burpo. If you ever, they, they made a movie on this. Uh, and I, I encourage you to read this, okay? It's really, it's a simple read. I, read it to your kids. Your kids will love this book. It's, it's really easy read, but what I love about it is in the, in the book, it really, it, it'll stimulate your desire for prayer, okay? Because he prays a very, very imperfect prayer, and God answered it, and in a really kind of crazy way. If you haven't, the, the, synopsis okay spoiler alert it's about a boy a young boy who has who dies uh, of an infection and was dead for and then was resuscitated and uh, claimed to go to heaven and what, what's crazy about it is he shared all sorts of things that would have been impossible for him to know had he not actually gone to heaven. In other words, his parents were skeptical about, you know, whether or not he, you know, it's kind of like the same way I was skeptical. They were skeptical of him. And so uh, he claimed to meet his great grandpa who had died 23 years before he was born. And they were like, what do you mean you met grandpa, great grandpa? And he's like, the, the, the boy is named Colton. And uh, Colton even told his dad, yeah, he, he told me his nickname. And they're like, what was his nickname? They were like testing him. Well, he said his nickname was Pop. And they were like, how did you know that? Like, we've never mentioned his nickname before. Yeah, he even told me stories about you when you were a kid, how he used to take you hunting rabbits and how you used to ride on the tractor with him. And he's like, I've never told anyone that before. How did, like, freaking out thinking, the only way you could know these stories is that you actually met him. And of course, Colton shared all sorts of details that no one had ever told, to, uh, told him. And so they even, they even showed, uh, uh, they took out a picture, an old picture with their great-grandfather in it, with Pop in it. They wanted to test him to see if he could pick him out of a lineup, right? 
And uh, sure enough, immediately, he's like, yep, that's Pop right there. And then, and then he literally went to his mom and said, in fact, uh, Mommy, I also got to meet my other sister, the one who died in your tummy. And he's like, she was like, what do you mean? Well, she even told me she can't wait for you to get to heaven. She's really excited. Again, no one had ever told Colton, little Colton, that they had miscarried the year before he was born. Nope, they had never talked about it, with, uh, like with him. And so how in the world could this little three, four-year-old know all these things? The craziest part, though, was that Colton went on to describe specific prayers that his parents prayed. He's like, Jesus told me about this prayer you prayed that you prayed this, and then Jesus told me that you prayed that prayer again. And like very specific prayers, and, and keep in mind, Colton's dad, uh, Todd, he had just experienced a year from hell. He had just shattered his leg and his ankle in a softball accident, which of course undermined his entire job, because in addition to being a pastor, he, he installed garage doors. Uh, as kind of his side hustle and then was a volunteer fighter fighter which both of which are kind of hard when you can't climb on ladders with a broken leg right so and then that same year he got kidney stones on t as if you know it wasn't bad enough now he broke his leg now he has kidney stones and then as if it wasn't bad enough that same year he got hyperplasia which is the precursor to, to uh, male breast cancer so he had to get a mastectomy they had to remove a huge portion of his chest on top of that so I mean like you're, you're talking like disaster year and then on top of that all of a sudden his son you know really he had a ruptured spleen and was dying they didn't catch it and because of a misdiagnosis and of course now his son is basically going into septic shock and uh, emergency surgery and of course there was this moment in the book where he he was in the while his son was in surgery he went into the waiting room and he just, he was angry, and he just broke, and he just shouted at God, is this, is this how you treat your pastors? After all that I've been through, is this how you treat your pastors? And, and now you're going to, after my year, now you're going to take my son from me? I mean, where are you? And he, he literally prayed this exact statement. He said, is it even worth it to serve you? And then he just started weeping. Well, guess what? Colton told his dad, yeah, Jesus told me all about that prayer. <laughs> he even told me, yeah, the one where you were kind of shouting at God. And of course, you know, Todd Burpo immediately knew what prayer that was, right? Like when you were in the waiting, he goes, when I was in surgery. In fact, actually, uh, Colton actually told his dad that was the prayer that Jesus said, yeah, I've got to take you back. Your dad prayed that prayer. And, and I, I just, it's really powerful. I encourage you to read the book just to, just to stimulate your faith. But I, here's the truth, okay? God does not always answer prayers the way we want them in the timeline that we want it. But listen, he always answers in a way that's better. And so coming back to that acronym, I want to just end with this, okay? That, that little acronym here, TALK. The last thing after we listen is K stands for kneel in submission and worship. Remember Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. It's okay to pray prayers, but at the end of those prayers, we always want to surrender them to God and say, God, do what you see as ultimately best. When we submit, I'm telling you, you will activate favor in your life that you need. And I, I just think, you know, ultimately, that's what, at the end of the day, God is going to work what he's going to do best for his kingdom and for you. And listen, 
I, I can look back on my life and say, yeah, there were a lot of prayers that seemed to go unanswered, but I can also look back on my life as I've surrendered to God and say, you know what, everything in my life actually turned out better than I would have thought. Even the difficult things. I actually thank God for those things. And so I just want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in your relationship with the Lord, would you right here in this moment, just, just take that posture of surrender. And maybe you're new to this whole God thing and you're like, I don't know, Pastor Peter, about all of this God stuff. Listen, all I'm saying is just be open and take a little step, okay? Because if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And I really believe that God wants to meet you right here, right now, in this moment. Would you join me? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. God, you see every person in this room. You see everything. You hear everything. And God, you know the deep heart cries in our souls, and yet you have a plan for every last one of us. I pray for every person in this room that they would just receive you in this moment, and they would trust you with whatever little bit of faith they've got, that they would take that step and trust you. And church, wherever you're at, maybe you're here and you're new to this whole thing, just repeat this prayer after me, and I believe that God is going to respond to you. Just say this. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me, renew me, and lead me starting today and for the rest of my life. And if you mean that prayer, just between you and Jesus, say, I mean that. And then we just end with, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. It's really that simple, church. I'll tell you what, we're going to be talking a little bit more about this in the coming weeks. We've got a lot of fun plans, and I, I'm going to be sharing a lot of miracle stories, and I really believe your heart's going to be encouraged. But with all that said, what we're going to do is we're going to end with uh, one more song, but before we do that, we'll have our campus pastors come on up and tell us where we're going to go next. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you.